This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning, everybody. This is Shannon Penrod from Autism Live on the Autism Network. And we are at Cal Abba today, second day Cal Abba. And uh, I'm going to be showing you the poster session. And if you're thinking to yourself, I don't know what she's talking about. Oh, have you come to the right place? Because I get so excited about a good poster session. This is a graduate poster session, which means that people from all over the region who are graduate students who have been engaged in research in their last year have done uh, some sort of uh, research project. They've, they've got some findings. They've put them together on posters. The poster session has not started yet. It's not starting until 1130, but we're sneaking in and going to get some pre-interviews as it starts because you're going to hear it's going to get very loud in this convention hall. Um, because what happens is they present their research, like for instance, here's a poster. This is why they call it a poster session. And they, they get one board, everybody gets one board, that's all you get. Um, and you put your research findings there, and then a person who is a part of the research comes and stands there, and anyone at the conference can come up to them and ask them questions about their research. So I particularly love this because Oh, there's so many reasons. Uh, how do I wax poetic about this? Uh, I get so excited about this because this is, the, this is where it's happening, right? These are the young, bright minds that are going to be working with your kids for the next few years and shaping what happens over the next, next you know, generation. And these are the questions that they're asking. This is how they're asking the questions and how they're presenting them. So you know I love to talk to experts. I love to get them to speak back to me in a way that does not have jargon. So we've, we, we're going to be asking as many people. I couldn't get pre-approval from everybody. So in the moment, we're going to be asking people if they're comfortable, which is going to be uncomfortable. So stick with me. But um, we're going to be finding out. Now, some of these things we're going to go, okay, I don't really, I mean, like, you want some jargon, y'all? Uh, a parametric analysis of procedural integrity errors comparing the in-person and online modalities. Okay, well, I don't know what parametric analysis of procedural integrity is, but I know what in-person and online is, and I'm sure that that's going to be interesting to us, right? So uh, we're giving them a second to get set up here. Um, I know I'm going to want to hear about this one. There's, a, there's one over there that I know is about um, getting parents to adhere to treatment um, and how, how that we do that. So they're all sort of fascinating, and you find out the most interesting things. But even better than that, um, well, I don't know. Is there anything better than information? I don't know about that. But I will tell you that what's super cool is meeting some of these people and seeing how passionate they are about making sure that the people that we love in our lives 
are getting proper teaching and that it's being done well and that it's being efficient and that it's effective. Um, oh, that jazzes me. I don't care, like the data stuff all hurts my head. And some of you will love the data and you'll love the graphs and all of that. But for me, I love that this is a gateway to progress. So I'm gonna go and see if I can find one of our first people to uh, present. Is this yours? Is our, I'm doing a live feed right now for Autism Live. You're not on camera yet, but would you like to be on camera and, and talk about your research and I'll ask you a question. And it's okay if you say no, no one will ever know. Because I don't have a camera phone right <laughs> I know, I was trying to get here early to ask people. So I was just saying, this is a pretty intense topic. I don't know what parametric analysis of procedural integrity is. I'm a parent and our viewers are parents, right? But I certainly understand what comparing in-person and online modalities is. And I could see where that would be important. So first of all, if you're willing to, can I put the camera on you? Okay, so hello and hello. Do you want to introduce yourselves? My name is Leah Jones. I'm a grad student at Cal State Sacramento. Okay. And my name is Alan Bernard Panton. I'm also a graduate student at California State University, Sacramento. Fabulous. So who would like to stand by the poster and tell me what it was your question was, how you answered it, and what we need to know? So originally we started this study before COVID hit. And um, initially we wanted to uh, investigate how varying levels of procedural integrity affect skills that have been mastered previously that 100% integrity. And I'm going to ask you to speak up yes. as much as you can. So basically, you wanted to see it's, if it's effective, yes. how right? Varying, yeah, how varying levels of treatment integrity affect skills that have previously been mastered. And we did this with a computerized uh, matched the sample task. Okay. However, the poster uh, was slightly adapted because we started this uh, pre-pandemic. Oh. And yeah, we started this in person. You didn't know it, but you were ahead of your time, right? Yeah, it fell into our hands, basically. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so we started this in person and then we had to transition online. And uh, this allowed for us to compare um, the data between the in-person and the online modalities. Okay. And ultimately, what did you find? Because we all have been asking this. I think, Yeah. you know, uh, I think we all sort of feel like in-person is going to be more effective, but is the online still effective? Indeed, we did found that there was no difference uh, in performance. What? Yes. That's and exciting. Very exciting. And uh, no difference in the number of trials the participants needed to reach mastery. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, so pretty amazing. We, we have a baby who's joined us. And, you know, I'm like a, a dog and I go squirrel when there's a baby. <laughs> um, so pretty remarkable. If, uh, if there are people who are watching and are interested in getting more information about this, where would they find more information? Is there a place to go? Yeah, our lab is called Performance Improvement.
and see if we can go on LTE. Oh, now it's back, Trayvon says. Okay, all right. So sorry. Hello! This is where I need to be, where I meet everybody. I'm doing a live feed right now. Oh, well, and then I, I, Trayvon, I can't even tell where anything is anymore. Uh, I've, I've lost my place and everything. No, we lost it. Okay. We're going to go live again because we just lost it. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, we're still live. I can't see it, Trayvon. Oh, yes. Can't wait to have you say say hi. Apparently, we are still live. Uh, all right, Monday's guest. There we go. Okay, we are still live. All right, kerfuffle, you know, all kinds of technical issues. But we're here with Jennifer Beers. Jennifer, I feel like you've been on Autism Live before, yes? I have not. What's up with that? That is inappropriate. I've certainly heard your name. Uh, tell us who you are. Sorry, I am Jennifer Beers. I'm the Associate Department Chair of the Applied Behavior Analysis Programs at the Southern California campuses of the Chicago Okay, and I'm going to ask you to be as loud as you can because we have masks yes, and mics and everything. But uh, it'll be easier when we go this way. So um, here is your poster session. I noticed you have little scan things that people want to know. Look at you. I'm going to look at that. Try to grab that, you guys, if you need to. But okay. What, uh, what, so tell us, is this just information here or, or is there something that you guys research that you're presenting on? Today we're just presenting information about our graduate programs. Um, so we have a, a, ma a master's degree, we have a PhD, um, and we have a uh, post-master's certificate in behavior analysis. Um, we have three campuses, LA, Anaheim, and San Diego. So anyone's But it's called the Chicago School. Chicago School. But it's in Southern California. We also have a Chicago campus, oh, all right. but we're associated with the Southern California okay. campuses. I'm going to put this here so people know. Fantastic. Really remarkable. Looks like you look, look at all of this, you guys. Fantastic. So if somebody's wanting to learn more and get a degree in it because if you're going to learn you might as well get the degree right and the yeah. pieces of paper that go with it okay remarkable thank you for being such so a nice good sport to all of us you need to come on the show proper like when we do proper all right thank you all right you guys can see it's, it's heated up here um everybody's now uh come out of the the session and the posters are up and people are asking questions Let's find somebody who's available to answer our questions. So, and you can see people are looking at the research. <gasps> are you available to talk? All right. So we have to start with the title, Effects of Omission and Commission Errors During TAC Training. Good luck with that because that's all jargon here, right? So what in the heck does that, first of all, who are you? Oh, hi, I'm Sharkina Tamrezi and I am a grad student at uh, Stan State. So, I've never even heard of Stan State. Oh, it's very Turlock, Stanislaus State. Yeah, I did not know that. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't know all the Cal States. My son is at Cal State Northridge. I have never heard of Stanislaus. Central Valley. How very fun. Well, very cool. Okay. So what does this mean? All right. So what we were trying to look at is when you're teaching, yes. you want to make sure you're implementing the teaching procedure with integrity. So you want to make sure you're following the procedure the way it's written. So there are two types of errors that a person can make, and it could be an error of omission, 
which means that the experimenter either forgets to implement something that was written in the program. Okay. And there's also an error of commission where they reinforce something that should not have been reinforced. So and that happens. Yes. It does happen. Parents, you know, we do it, but sometimes even our professionals do it because mm -hmm. it's real life and things happen. So, but you were looking at how does that affect treatment overall? Mm -hmm. So what did you find? So what we found was when you commit errors of commission that um, leads to slower acquisition compared to high integrity and errors of omission in five of the six comparisons. And you're, and you're reading that, I should yes. show that. So it's worse when you're committing an error of commission, is yes. that safe to say? Yes. And, and commission is when... You are reinforcing a incorrect response. Oh, so that we just want to make sure that in training yeah. then, when we're teaching PTs, uh, that we yep. really are, are not reinforcing. And this is something, parents, we're really... This is a problem that we have a lot, that we inadvertently reinforce something, that don't reinforce something or reinforce the wrong thing. So we really need to clean up our acts a little bit. Yeah, you gotta be careful about that one. All right. Well, that's fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing. And a beautiful poster, too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Excuse me. So sorry. Uh, lots of papers going on and people talking. Let's see if we can find somebody who's available to answer questions. I don't know. Is it me? I just think it's so exciting to see how excited everybody gets about this stuff. Um, I don't know whose this is. I don't see a person standing there. We want to talk to Thomas here in a second, but, and you can just come up to the poster and read them, but I like to talk to the people. I like to get excited about what they're excited about and what they found. Is this yours? Okay. All right, some people still haven't come out of their session to stand by their work. All right. Is one of these yours? Hi. I'm live right now, but what's, what's is this something new? Do you want to talk later? Okay. Oh, thank you. Are you working in this field? Yes. But you still work in a field, right? Then you're helping kids, and I love that. Hi. All right. Hi. Now I'm meeting people that I know. Hi. I'm live right now on Facebook. Do you want to say hi? Yes. Yeah. Aren't you from YouTube? Yes. Yes. Is one of these papers yours? No. What's up with that? Not yet. Soon though, right? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm telling our audience at home how great a papers a poster session is. Is this yours? No, I wish. Well, where is the person that's going to tell? Where is the author? We, I, I need to. Thomas, are you available? Yeah. All right. So everybody's so busy. And so Thomas, thank you for reminding me that you've been on the show before. Tell people who you are and what your thing is. Oh, my thing. Yeah. So I'm Tom Higby. I'm a professor and department head in the Department of Special Ed at Utah State University. So I'm here today at Calaba to help recruit potential doctoral students. So, Ooh, wonderful. And, and there's no place more beautiful than Utah. I mean, there may be, but I haven't seen it yet. There we go. Uh, and so what do you guys have going on at Utah State University that people really need to know about? Well, like, why should somebody come there? Let's, yeah. let's break it down. What I think is great about our program is yes. that um, not only do we have a really strong applied behavior analysis program, yes. which is in my department, 
But upstairs in the psych department, they have a really strong experimental behavior analysis program. Oh. So the advantage of that is you get to take coursework from professors in both places. Love it. So all of our students who are going to be trained to be applied behavior analysts get to take coursework in experimental analysis of behavior, philosophy of behavior analysis, from high-level uh, researchers uh, like Tim Shahan, Amy Odom, and Greg Madden, and big names in the experimental field. Yeah. And the cool part is their experimental students also get to train with uh, the applied behavior analysis faculty. So there's really that kind of old school training about both sides of the field. So people come out really well balanced. I love it. And I and I love Utah. I mean, uh, I, I keep I, I want to come to Utah sometime soon. I have so many friends in Utah. I don't know if you know this. I used to teach at BYU for uh, a brief little moment. Oh, great. Not a but we won't hold that against you. Okay. BYU is one uh, of our rival schools. Uh, well, I know, yeah. but. I, so I've lived there for a little while. Yeah. Absolutely love it. I have lots of friends there. Uh, taught in the theater department, so nothing Great. to do with any of this. But um, but I love Utah. And I uh, one the one there was a school in Utah that my son was applying to, but he chose another school. So I thought we were going to be living in Utah. And I was going to be okay with that. It's a great spot. I like it. And you know, I live in California too. And yeah. it's it's lovely. And uh, Logan in particular is a really kind of small oh, university town, so about 100,000 people. Yeah. Uh, but if you like doing big city things, Salt Lake's only an hour away. That's right. And Salt yes. Lake is an hour away from LA by plane. It's an hour there away from San Francisco go. by plane. It's an hour away from Phoenix. It's an hour away from most places. It's a Delta hub, so it's easy and, to get places. And you can get to almost anything yeah. if you like the mountains, if you like water. It's all good. It Thank is. you so much, Thomas. Yeah, great to see you again. You too. Bye-bye. Oh, right. Who are we going to next here, you guys? Uh, I'm out of breath. Everybody's so busy. I know. Be careful. It's wet right now. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That would have been terrible if I, I had know, slipped right? on my keister. I'm oh, live right now. <laughs> End of the thing. Um, but this is why, thank you. I, this is why I recommend that you guys go to events like this because look at the people we're meeting, feel the passion, feel the level of research and care and concern and thoughtfulness for even the most smallest thing. All right, we're going to start going up to some of the posters that don't have somebody. Is this your poster? It is. Are were you willing to be on camera and talk about it? We're live right now on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. It's okay to say no. Okay, look at you. Look at that's fabulous. Being brave. So the paper is a comparison of visual stimulus presentation methods from TAC training. Now my audience is mostly parents. So break that down for us. What does that mean? So um, we compare just two different ways of um, presenting the stimuli. So in isolation versus in the context of an array, which might be more naturalistic for like the child's environment, you know, you're naming objects. In so the what are you teaching here, spider? Their names. Uh, we are teaching strange names because these kids yeah. are five and six. Okay. So we're, we're giving them, uh, these are just unusual like plant and animal and fruit names. So we're teaching them Gucci and then we're teaching them Cashew. Okay. <laughs> so um, what we found we did pretty standard uh, TAC training, which is just teaching them their names. Yeah. And what we found across these two different... Uh, let's define tacting, because okay. I think a lot of people are confused about what tacting is. Okay, so tacting is um, essentially, it's essentially naming the item. So it's now that I see this stimulus, I'm going to name it, and I'm going to say it's a Gucci. 
but it's a little bit different than just like it's got to be something new and novel right like um the thing that i always say is that like if i if i just uh if i just go up and say you know shoe but if I'm pointing it out to you, like there's something about the shoe that's attacked, right? Oh, we're going to get into it, aren't we? Because it's all jargon. Um, what makes it attacked and not just labeled? So it's, well, I mean, also you have an audience. So you're only going to point out my shoe because maybe I'm interested in it and I will give you social praise. So, the so main... it's a form of communicating it to another person. Yes. It's not just labeling. It's trying to communicate it to the other yes. person. Okay. And point it out to Okay. Else. So you're teaching them the name of this particular spider yes. so that when they see it, they'll point it out to you. Yes. Okay. We're yes. there. We're yes. there. We got there. Okay. And so the, the, and the, tell me, so the difference between doing it by itself or doing it in an array of three. Right. Okay. What'd you find? So what we found was the children that we did this with had autism and they were ages five to six. Okay. So what we found was this this top panel here, the the participant had a lot had very strong attending skills. He was really eager to show the show the experimenter that he knew it. Okay. It was, was really fun to work with. He had very strong attending skills, which means that the simultaneous wasn't like too difficult for him. And he actually did better in the simultaneous method, which is consistent with research with typical kids on the topic. Yeah. And then he did very similar. It was almost the same in the second comparison, but list of, um, but successive was mastered, or isolation was mastered technically a little faster, but it, it's... Okay, but he got there either way. Yeah, he got there either way. Second participant, though, he had more trouble with attending to the board and really, like, scanning that array. So I think, I think it was kind of confusing for him the okay. simultaneous presentation and so he met remedial criteria for the set that was taught in that format so we had to uh, retrain we had to finish it up with the, the successive because that's what he needed so quiz me on this it feel, I feel like then the takeaway is that it depends on the learner yeah yeah it, it, it really depends on the learner um, their prerequisite skills um, but also it's an interesting question to be like well, we should teach those prerequisite skills yeah. of attending and scanning. And maybe that is an interesting way to do that or an interesting marker of like what they're ready for. There you go. Yeah. So if they are able to scan, that, then it might be faster to do the array. But yeah. if they aren't, you got to go back and do that foundation. Okay. Totally. Fantastic. And tell us who you are and where you're, where you're with. I, um, I'm Adrian O'Neill, and I am at CSUS. I'm with uh, Sac State at the Verbal Behavior Research um, Wonderful. Lab under Kyle McGill. Thank you so much. This is fascinating. And you did good. Thank you did you. good. I Thanks. love your question. <laughs> Take care. Uh, the mask meerkats, incorporating elements of percentile schedule for reinforcement to shape mask wearing at non-public schools. Like, everybody wants to know about this one. Are you the person for yes, this? Sorry. You are. <laughs> can, I, can I get you on camera? Oh, sure. So, uh, okay, tell us, first of all, everybody's been coming here wanting to chat with you because this is a pretty important topic, right? Okay. Uh, you're live right now on Facebook, YouTube, and so tell us what your name is. Uh, my name is Tess Kirsten Siago. Um, I'm a clinical supervisor at our non-public school at Bright Horizons. Okay. I'm part of the Bright organization. There's a Bright. There it is, you guys. So what do meerkats... Yes, that is our uh, school mascot. Okay, we thought you were really talking about meerkats. <laughs> but it's so, okay. So at a particular school, you were looking at how 
a schedule of a percentile schedule of reinforcement can shape mask wearing. Yes, I'm I don't know what percentile schedule of reinforcement is, nor do my audience, so you're going to have to tell us. All right, so <laughs> we actually use a modified um, percentile um, of reinforcement, sorry, <laughs> and it is a. Sorry. Um, so it's used for response shaping, um, and it's a mathematical equation. So it's very precise. Um, we, the modified version that we use, because typically they are, uh, <laughs> it's daily. So you would adjust okay. the criteria daily, but we did ours weekly, which okay. is also um, a limitation that we found. Okay. <laughs> so, but given our um, classes and our students, I don't know, in public school, it wasn't really feasible at the time to do it so, daily. Can I back up for just a yes. second? So it sounds like what you were doing is checking in with them on a weekly basis yes. to see if they were wearing their masks and if they were they got reinforcement so here's here's what happened the students would arrive to school if they are wearing their mask the um their rbt would start the timer their duration their right timer okay. and they would also start a mask wearing duration um if the mask fell below their nose or mouth and they did not move it up once they were prompted to right. um, we would stop the duration timer right and um, we would prompt them and say, okay, you need to put your mask off. It's not safe, right? Yeah. Um, Tess, can you do this with my husband? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I can teach him. <laughs> Honey, if you're so listening. Basically, uh, <laughs> we would reinforce them with um, we, every meeting. We have like little morning meetings and closing circles. And we right. would give them praise and say, hey, who met their goal today? And whatever their, every um, student had an individualized um, duration based on where their level was at. Right. So with the percentile schedule, uh, we would collect the data from the whole week and then we would arrange it least to most and okay. then we'd grab the top 50th percentile of those durations and that would be their next criteria for the next week. Okay. So let's say the students average of the so you're top... you're moving the goalposts yes, for them. Yes, we are. I got it. Yes. And then... Like you, were, you weren't basing it on the group, you were basing it on the individual person. How did you do? We're going to make it a little tougher for you next yes. week. Yes. And then... Although, totally with you. However, if they, let's say they wore their mask for like two hours one day, but then the rest of the week they only kept it on for 10 minutes at a time, then their average would go, would be lower. Right. Um, so then we'd have to move it down for them be like, okay, well, you have to meet this week's criteria, new criteria, and then you have to, um, and then if you do for two weeks in a row, then they'd master it and they would earn a mask meerkat, or they would earn a meerkat mask. So it was a mask with a meerkat on so it. they like it. And some of the kids loved it, yeah. So we actually had 50% of the students said that they loved it. Uh, um, <laughs> and for the 50% that didn't love it, did you find something else? So actually we, we um, spoke to the students and they're like, you know, I liked it, but I wish we earned toys instead of masks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we were trying to keep motivating them to wear the mask. So we're like, you yeah. get your own cool mask. Right. And they got to choose between different um, like meerkat there were pictures some of them were like meerkats in space and some of them were just cute little baby meerkats it was really adorable I but but as the students earned their masks there was less variety so that gave them more motivation to earn their own because they're like well i wanted that one. Uh, oh, well if you okay. meet your goal you get to pick your own. and yeah. you found that this worked at, at, at maintaining the mask work. yes and so okay. even after even students who didn't meet their goal in um given here with our graphs <laughs> they eventually did and then they maintained their mask wearing duration and increased it throughout the school day which was uh, this was during summer school so it was um like a four hour day right um 
for most of the students. One of our students had, let's see if she, I don't know if this one's on here. I don't think she is, but um, she only had a half day, so her hours were different. She only had to go to be at school for two hours rather than four. So her duration levels were different, but she still was able to meet her mass merit, her duration. Fantastic. Yeah. So it feels like what you're saying is they each got to run their own race. They were reinforced yes. for it, and it worked. Exactly. All right. Awesome. We like it. Thank you so much. Yes, of course. There it is. We didn't know what it was when we first saw it, but now we know. Don't we love a good poster session? Thank you. Um, is this yours? Can I talk to you? All right. So you're on camera right now, and we're live on YouTube, Twitter, Periscope. Not Periscope anymore. Uh, no, Periscope is so 1999. Anyway, tell us your name. Hi, my name is Michelle Bernier. You're going to have to talk really loud because it's mask and, and, and crazy amount of people here. But I'm going to show them the title first. Parental ABA Treatment Adherence, a self-report survey to identify relevant variables. Now, most of the people in my audience are parents. So yours is relevant to us. So... What, what did you consider treatment adherence? So treatment adherence is what we would consider as participation and having the, uh, the buy-in really for any parent goals that we're putting in front of our, uh, our parents. You're uh, a team player. You're yeah, taking exactly. the on. You're what? doing what your team asks you. You're, <laughs> right. right? Okay. Yeah. And how do, how do, we, how do we treat our parents um, as part of the team? And uh, so what we came up with was a survey uh, to really try to identify any variables that may uh, be conflicting with perhaps any goals that we might have already uh, written. Uh, and so what we want to do is make sure that we're considering anything that may really come into play with uh, parent adherence. <laughs> well, whatever's gumming it up, right? Right. So I, we, I mean, we Let's, can... Yeah. Come over here with me because I want, I want to be showing this, but have you talk about... So here are some of the things that you were asking. I'm gonna try it there, it's really small, yeah. and I'm old. I have spent significant amounts of time with children with autism. Um, and so they would say whether they agreed or disagreed. Um, but outcome-wise, what did you find? There's so many questions here, I'm not gonna right. go through all of them, but what did you find is gumming it up for parents? Yeah, I mean, outcome-wise, we would say that there were certainly questions that came to uh that had percentages that were buried so it may it really put together really painted the picture of yes there are individual barriers that we do need to address um in, on an individual basis so we can't just come up with a cookie cutter once you fix all uh program because for example the one that you're looking at now um or let's say i don't i do not have enough time to attend to all my child's needs so there's, it's varied, you know, yeah. so it, it really just shows us that we're not going to be able to come up with like the 30 hour plan for every parent. Not every parent is going to have enough time to uh, work on that outside of session. And so we want to make sure that we are catering to our parents' needs and their individual needs uh, more, more specifically. Fantastic. Well, I love when ABA companies are talking to the parents and going, what's holding you up? Like, because then once we know what it is, we can work on it, right? We want to make goals accessible and not 
so out of the, the scope of what, how our parents are starting off with our services. We want to make sure that, uh, yeah, that we're starting from where, from where, where they are and uh, we want them to really be a part of the team. I love this question here. I think it is possible that ABA programming might be overkill for my child's needs, but 58% said that they strongly disagreed. That's good. That's good. And 42% said that they disagreed. That's good. That's, That's where good. it should yeah. be. And nobody said anything else. You got good parents. Yeah, Tell them I said so. <laughs> Tell them I said so, okay? All right, thank Thanks you so much. So much. Take care. Hello, go ahead, talk to her. Um, oh, it's just craziness here. Crazy craziness. Who have we not talked to? Um, there are a couple of, this one's been really popular. Oh, preference assessments in the workplace. Uh, very cool, but we don't necessarily need to know that today, do we? And there I go, just showing you another uh, place that where ABA is not all about autism, right? They're talking about how to, uh, here's knowledge about graduate school increased only after completing uh, irrelevant modules. So lots of things here that aren't necessarily, there's one about substance abuse. Uh, here's one about prerequisite training. I think, I think you guys, we've hit all the ones that have to do with autism. But I will tell you that this, this is an amazing poster session. There's, there's not a thing in the world wrong with this poster session. It's just when you go to some of the bigger conferences when it's not in COVID, this um, would be a football field long. And the first one that I ever went to, I, like there was no way you could get through it in a day. It's like Disneyland. It's like Disneyland. And some, and you, you know, you kind of have to, there's usually they print out a thing and you can see all of the, the topics and circle the ones you want to go to. And it tells you what number it is. So if there's something that you've been interested, like maybe your child is engaged in a behavior that you don't know what to do and your team's a little up a tree and maybe somebody's done research on that particular thing you go to one of these ABA events. This one is Calaba. It's a regional conference, but you go to one of these events, you see what the poster sessions are, and then you circle the numbers that you want to go to and you get there. This is a much smaller one. It is the first event out of COVID. So it was to be accepted, uh, that it, expected that it would be small, but it's still pretty mighty. And we learned some really good stuff. Like the big takeaway for me, I'm sorry, I just keep pacing. The big takeaway for me is that online and in-person are comparable. So that was kind of cool. All right, you guys, um, I have to go be on a panel that we're going to be talking about neurodiversity and ABA. And I'll be representing a lot of you parents as the parent voice about making sure that ABA professionals aren't using ableistic speech, and, and, and talking in a way that would make us feel that our children are anything other than the amazing people that they are. So I'm really excited to be representing all of you. And I'll let you know on Monday how that all goes. On Monday's show, we're going to have Kelly Birmingham and Jen Lucero, who's been on, Jen's been on the show many times before, but we never had Kelly on. They're doing a fantastic podcast as a parent and as a BCBA about autism. So if you're loving Autism Live, you're going to love their podcast as well. I'm going to sign off and get over to my talk. 
but I sure appreciate you guys being with us. I know we had some audio issues, but uh, hopefully you found something that was interesting. If nothing else, look around the room and see all the people who are working so hard every day to help the people that we love and to find ways to do it better. Uh, it's a pretty awesome site, yeah? All right, much love to all of you. I'll see you on Monday. Wish me luck on the panel. Bye-bye for now.